0: Nope, this is too routine for me. Sorry, it's religious. But for some reason, when we gather, the church has become that, and it's given people an excuse to break a covenant that God has brought together. God is saying to us this morning, how do you treat church? How do you treat the people of God that are around you? Is it the place you go after a long day's work? To find rest and restoration. Because it should be. Not just on Sundays, but all days. You should have access to the body of God so you can pull from that fellowship and find rest in Christ because it's the way he's designed it. So when it's this way, we look forward to Sunday. When it's this way. But when Sunday is a mask, when Sunday is a facade, you get religion. No more than a marriage is not a home without Christ. It, it's, it doesn't have home in it. You're divided without Christ. But yet we will make marriage something else and call it marriage. But is it truly marriage without Christ? Yet people come back to it. And people try to survive, and they come home, but God's not there. I'm telling you guys right now, we are the house of God. This, this right here, this person you're looking at is a part of the house of God. How you treat me and how I treat you is how we treat God. And how shame on us forever looking across to another person who has, it has been vetted and proven that God is with them, and we turn it into something else because we want control. This is, we've all done it, right, Blaine? Have you not done it? I've done it. Have you not done it? God is saying, no, no, I don't get manipulated. No one can change what I have put together. And even though the world has made a very strong attempt to turn church into a business, God has not turned it into a business. God has not turned it into an acquaintance or just some thing that you go to. Right, Louisa? you know what makes you come back? Because it's real. Because you know without a doubt, you can call me and Michelle and we'll come to your house. You can call Gabe and Lindsay and they'll come to your house. You can call Tommy and Ronnie and they will come to your house. And if for some reason all of us aren't calling you, you'll call us. Why aren't you calling me? (laughs) That's called relationship. How many of you with your spouse would allow a long period of time with no communication? How much more with the body of Christ? And you know what? I have to take responsibility to say there have been times that I've allowed offense to set into my life. Anybody ever have offense? Oh my God, they're acting like they're better than us now. <laughs> no, maybe you're acting like you're better than everybody. Why can't it go the other way around? Why does it have to be an argument? Why can't we all agree that without Christ we're lost? And that why can't we show more mercy instead of having pity parties? Help me, church. I know I'm, hit, I'm strumming a, a string right now. People don't like it, but it's the reality. God has not called us to be divided. He has called us to be united. But how dare we sit back outside of unity and judge the unity? This isn't going to turn into anything else. We're not going to just worship, preach, go home, worship, preach, go home. We're going to fellowship. And if you're having a hard time reaching out to the person next to you or the families next to you, you should search your heart. You should say, God, help me. Because they haven't given me a reason to exclude myself. Amen. Amen. And I'm telling you, Michelle, do we not agree when I say you, any of you can call us? Yes. If it was a church of 5,000, we would say the same thing. You just have to not get mad when we're at somebody else's house. My phone rings off the hook. You can call me at 2 o'clock in the morning if you need the Lord, and I'm going to tell you something. If you're full of demons, it's going to get cast out. You call me at 2 o'clock, and it's not Jesus. You're just in the flesh. I'm going to tell you you're in the flesh. But I'm not going to ignore you. I'm not going to not answer my phone. I'm not going to not do the work of the ministry. Anybody else in here have that privilege? We all do. Allow your life to be disrupted for God. This is the real thing. Amen. Amen. And you know what? I said something that night. I got to share it again here. I just feel the Lord. I get frustrated as a pastor. It's frustrating. Dealing with people is frustrating, even myself. Jesus said, one hour I ask you to pray with me. And you keep falling asleep. Come on. No, it wasn't like that. But the frustration was real. But can I be honest with you? There is, ladies, you know you've had children, right? Your body get frustrated during labor? What keeps you pushing? (laughs) That there's a goal. There's something greater than the pain, right? There's life at the end of that pain. So when you're truly called to the ministry of Christ, you're going to go through pain, but you endure it because of the greater good that's on the other side. You might go through five different people, and four of them might persecute you, might call you something, might turn on you, but one of them's going to come to Christ, and you're going to endure through all of it so that one would come. And not that you go, okay, now you're saved, move on. Now let's have dinner together. I want to hear what God is doing in your life. I want the fullness of this reward. I don't want just salvation. I want all of it. I want to see your salvation. I want to see the transformation. I want you to come and cook me dinner because I'll cook you dinner, but I want to taste your food. Come on, somebody. Help me right now. This is the call of God that we would do life together. And it is the enemy's plan, plot, and scheme to separate what God has put together. But you cannot do it. You will only separate yourself if God turns you over to yourself. And I pray he doesn't. I pray he keep every single one of us. Amen? We've been talking about trials and troubles. We talked about how it's different for an unbeliever and a believer. Those trials and troubles are different. That, 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 uh, uh, the same trial, a brick falling on an unbeliever and a brick falling on a believer, ones for the glory of God in awareness that God is good, and the other is for the glory of God even if they're hardened. Either way, God's getting glory out of the whole thing. But for an unbeliever, it's, that's all they get is a brick on their head. <laughs> for a believer, the person who dropped the brick could get saved. Like, it all works to the good for a believer. And then we talked about how people want a how-to. They don't want a what-is. That was last week, right? And that they want, how do I get through this trial? How do I get through this trouble? But God is not trying to give you the how-to because Christ is the how-to. I didn't get an amen right there. That was. Maybe everybody's got donuts in their mouths still. but Christ is the how-to. He's how we get through trouble, right? But can you manipulate Christ? No, he's the how-to. So what we need is what is. So that way when we see that this trial is greater than me, it turns me to God because I need God to get me through it. Because no one can truly get themselves through the world which is the big trial, right, that we're going through this world. So we know what is. We know that the the, the the trial is what it is. It's there to refine you. It's there to build up perseverance. It's there to make you see your need for God. Amen? Amen? That's why trials exist. They don't exist for any other reason. The ultimate reason is that I would see my need for God. And may it not take me losing everything to see that. But if it does take that, so be it anything it would take for me to see my need for God so today which is the last one in the next week um I believe it's Tommy's going to be preaching Pastor Tommy will be preaching next week is he in children's today and he's always in children's ain't he no he's not but whatever it seems like but he's going to be preaching next week praise God and for the next for the coming months I think how many months did we have mapped out did we have through what through May It's like four or five right I thought it was through June or something I could be wrong, but at the end of every single month, one of the pastors will be preaching and I'll be resting. So I'm looking forward to that. But today we're going to talk about suffering. Suffer well. Suffer well, because you're going to suffer in this life. Anybody who's lived a little while, tell me, do you suffer in this life? Yes. But there's only two types of suffering in this world. There's only two. The first one is suffering for the cause of sin which everyone endures, right? We suffer the cause of sin. We have a sin nature. It's wicked. And the most wicked part about your sin nature is when it convinces you that you're actually good. That's the most wicked part because that's the hardest part. Because if you can believe that you're good, that means you don't need God. But when you realize you're no good, there's not an ounce of good in you you realize your need for God. But you're going to suffer for sin's cause. And the only other suffering there is, the only other suffering is for the cause of Christ. There's the cause of sin and there's the cause of Christ. There is no other cause. Those are the two causes. And if you don't suffer for the cause of Christ, you are only going to suffer for the cause of sin. Amen. Go to Romans chapter five. We're going to talk about The cause of sin, real quick. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. (sighs) Suffering. I don't think people like to talk about suffering. And, And it's my heart today, and I know it's the heart of the Lord today, that you would see the way they saw. That you and I would embrace the reality they embraced. Who's they? Who am I talking about? Help me out, somebody. (laughs) Papa, who am I talking about? Okay. (laughs) I don't think anybody did. (laughs) When I say it's God's heart, it's my heart, Ricardo. It's my heart that you would embrace the reality they embraced. Who am I talking about when in dealing with suffering? Who? The disciples. I know when you get put on the spot, right? It's like, blanks. But when it's not you, they're disciples. I know it. <laughs> Check it out. They saw suffering differently than the world sees suffering. And we're not talking about just any average suffering. We're talking about true suffering, right? They saw it differently. So in Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 12, let's look at sin's cause real quick. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to who? No, it didn't say sin spread to everyone, which we know that it did. It says death spread to everyone. So is that talking natural death only? Because it's both natural and spiritual, more importantly spiritual. We say it's natural because before they sinned, they were living forever. Could you believe that? They were going to live forever. Sin entered in, and their flesh started decaying. No longer to live forever. So when sin came in, it brought death, and then death spread to everyone. Now, just listen. They didn't have kids yet. But it spread to all their offspring that weren't even here yet. So think spiritually for a second. You ever heard of a generational curse? Yes. That's called a generational curse. That what was in them was corrupted and now for all of humanity would have corruption before any children were born. Mm. I feel the anointing of the Lord. I know I say it every week. I I was like, Michelle's like, you say that every single week. You feel the presence of God and you're like, yes, I do. I'm not making it up. I feel the anointing of the Lord. It spread to everyone for everyone sinned. Everyone sinned. Why? Remember I shared with you guys that in Hebrews, there's this account in Hebrews 6 or Hebrews 7 where It says that Abraham gave to Melchizedek, and so in in essence, this is what Paul's, or whoever's writing Hebrews, this is what they're saying, that inside of Abraham's, you know, inside of him was the whole tribe of Levi. So it's as if all of Levi gave to Melchizedek because he was carrying the seed. So because all of humanity was lying in Adam and Eve, When they sinned, all of us sinned already. We all got death. Now, who chose that? I know, uh, not us. (laughs) I almost fell over again. Look at this. That's hilarious. Desiree came up to me. She goes, (laughs) Desiree came up to me. She goes, I said, dang it, Eve. (laughs) I was like, well, you got a cousin Amy? What's going on? I didn't know what she was talking about. She goes, and she was talking about Eve, because she's not feeling well with the pregnancy, right? Like, it's got her feeling sick. She's like, if she would have never sinned, (laughs) right? (laughs) 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 But see, we have to take, we have to realize that we would have did the same thing. It doesn't matter if it's Adam and Eve. No one is better than them. And had we been the first ones in the garden, everyone would have been saying that about us. Dang it, Desiree. Why didn't he, yeah, name him Mike and Desiree. Why, Adam, anyways, so he says in verse 13, yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. Watch this. Even those who did, not dis, who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol and representation of Christ who was yet to come. What? Whoa. What Adam? The fallen Adam? No, the Adam before the fall was a representation of holiness, of rightness, of God. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, because we're talking about suffering, right? So let me ask you a question. If you're suffering for the cause of sin, is it your choice? Amen. Somebody say that again. Is it your choice? Because you were born into it. You were born into this thing. You are corrupt without Jesus. That should, you should go. Phew. Thank you, Lord, right? Like I'm, it's not all weighing on me. I've said this before. You could take none of the glory in Christ. Can anybody take the the glory that Christ has saved mankind? That that he has saved those that come to him, that it is his work and not your own. Can you take any glory in that? Well, if you're there, you can take no shame of your past either because he nailed it to the cross. Look at the freedom in that. You could take no glory and you could take no shame. You're neutral but you get all the benefits of what comes with Christ and you get none of the punishment that comes with sin. Oh, man, that should make every believer in here say, you know, I don't need to hear anything else today. That right there, that's what I need. Amen. But we're talking about what this, this, this cause for sin. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. It says, you should know this. Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Would you say we're living in those times? They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. Hold on a second. You'll have no self-control. But you can choose. Wouldn't it take self control to choose? Right? I mean, but you have no self control. No matter how much you want to do right, you inherently do wrong. Is that what Paul said? So, what's the fruit of the Spirit? Self control. Praise God. I love the Lord. This is what I'm saying. Like like self-control is from the Spirit of God. It's not from you. So it's not yourself. <laughs> Can we name it something else? Because it just makes... <laughs> self-control is not a fruit of the flesh. It's a fruit of the Spirit. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Who is they? Us. Us without God. Just let that sink in, because you're not as good as you think you are. I'm not as good as I think I am. God is good. God is good. Verse 4, they will betray their friends. And you know, this happens in the church. They betray, you, People betray each other in their hearts. All of a sudden, they start being skeptical. They don't have faith anymore. Have we seen that? We've lived through a couple of those. Watch this. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love, pleasure rather than God. They will act religious. But they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. So how do I do that in love? This is called suffering. Remember, some people suffer for the cause of sin, right? They're going to love themselves. They're going to love the world. They're going to chase their own ambitions. It says that they love pleasure rather than God. What does pleasure look like? I know right away each of us are are not thinking about self anything else other than maybe sexual. That's where most people's minds go. They think pleasure is only sexual. No, Watching TV is pleasurable. Smoking, binge watching Netflix is pleasurable. Is that could that be what it's talking about? That anything that's self gratifying that doesn't glorify God. Eating. Eating, brother, don't don't pick on me, man. Don't pick on me. <laughs> Pleasure. Hey, how about this? Humor. How about humor? There's people who can't even have a serious conversation because they just want to joke everything off. That's still a pleasure. He's saying pleasure rather than. Now, does it mean that you won't eat as a child of God? But it does mean that God can ask you not to eat. But God would never ask you to not have him. Cut him off, cut his people off. He says people like that. See, there's some of us in here that we struggle with that last line because we don't know how to suffer well. So when it says stay away from people like that, because we're in a carnal mind, we think that's harsh. But don't you know that it's actually for their good, that you wouldn't continue to put burdens on them that they don't understand? If they're rebellious against God and you're professing the Lord, well, you're going to just stay there in the air. Jesus loves, you, Jesus loves you. 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 Jesus, Get away from me, man. No, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. It's not going to change them. Your efforts aren't going to do it. It's actually better that you leave and continue to live your life honorable before God and that they would hope to hopefully see the light in you. Amen. Amen. You wouldn't be a nagging Christian. People don't, people don't want to listen already, let alone from you, right? But when this is about suffering, this is about how we suffer, and there's this cause of sin that we're not to be a part of anymore. It says stay away from people like that. It might as well say stay away from yourself like that. Stay away from all people like that, including you. Oh, man, the Lord is just dealing with people on this section, so I, just, I have to be patient. Go to Matthew 24. You know, the stubbornness of the heart... Um, It only hears judgment. It doesn't hear mercy. Matthew 24, verse 7. Jesus told them. Actually, you know what? I want to go to verse 4. I feel like I should read 4 through 8. Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name. Are we seeing that today? Many people coming as pastors and preachers and teachers of Jesus Christ, but then they're giving you a message that doesn't ask you to give up your life, it's asking you to live up your life. They're, they're saying, hey, get it while you can, live a healthy life, don't eat fast food. <laughs> come on, is that, is that why Jesus died so we can tell people not to eat fast food and live longer? Right? No, he, he died for a different cause and they'll come in his name pointing you to health, wealth, and fitness, not eternal life. They will deceive many, and the people they deceive are are people who don't have the Spirit of God. So so don't look into that like, oh my God, like I could be deceived. No, if you have the Spirit of God, you stay humble. You know you're in need of God. You're constantly calling out to God, God, I need you. Fill me, Lord. He's not going to deny you. So that's how you stay in relationship with God. It's the moment you get up from that place. God starts giving you over to your own way. You don't want that. You know you need God. Amen. They will deceive many, and, and Lord, please don't let them deceive us. May we always be in need of God. Verse 6, And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but they won't. But the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. Are we seeing this today? But all of this is, is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. Suffering for the cause of sin—it rains on the just and the unjust. No one here is at, is is uh, removed from the reality that you're in a world, and this world is fallen. Amen. Amen. I want to uh, let me see if I if I have it, um, Phil. Do me a favor. Actually, I want to do this real quick. Cause I, I, I want to pull this up real quick. You guys, be patient with me. Give me my phone right here. <laughs> here, hold on a second. I want you to, I'm to airdrop this and pull it up real quick. I'm going to show you guys something. Go ahead and get that and just pull it up on the screen in the preview. Okay? You got it? Watch this. Pull that up on the screen. <clears throat> now, what I want you to do, Phil, I want to pull it up on the screen. So just just, just just, bear with me. This is good. Pull it up on the screen, and I want you guys to read this, okay? Because this is we're in a world that's fallen. You, you, you agree? And it takes God to show us the truth, right? It takes God to reveal to us the truth. And sometimes we it could be right in front of our face and we can't see it. Right? You got it? Yeah. The cause of sin. Watch this. Yeah, just escape it. Everyone's biting their nails, brother, in anticipation. Oh. You got to escape out of that. There you go. And just pull it up, like in a preview form. Yeah, double-click that, expand it, full screen, whatever we got to do. Can you blow it up? Okay, so here in the front row, read that. Now, watch what happened. This got posted on Facebook. It says, when the time comes, I 100% support mandatory vacations for everyone. (laughs) Did you think vaccines? you (laughs) You thought it said vaccines. You thought it said vaccines. But some people thought it said vaccines. And it says, if anyone refuses, they should be forced. This is the epitome of a fallen nature, because you'll see the word forced, and you'll immediately think vaccines. It's it's the sin nature that causes you to see what you are already seeing in your mind. And you'll read right over the word vacations and blindly insert vaccines. Now, be honest, how many people genuinely did that? One, two, three, four, five, six... Aaron did it. Pastor Aaron, we got to talk after church. <laughs> you can take that off. But, but this is an example of the fallen nature of deception, right? It's just one small thing, but this is what the, what you're born into. You're born into a world that, that paints a picture that what you're suffering for, that what you're, you're suffering for is for one way, when all the time, God has something greater planned for you. You saw the negative in it. You couldn't see God in it. God is the ultimate vacation, and I'm not trying to be cliche here, but he is our escape. He is our rest. Amen. And I, it, I'm going to force everyone to rest in him, right? Like, that's kind of what it's saying. But the truth of the matter is, is when you, when you look at the world and you look at the natural cause of sin and you look at suffering, you don't see God, you're like, no, don't force me to sin. He's, he's wanting salvation, guys. Are you getting the picture here that you can look into your suffering and you're either suffering for just the cause of sin, which it, it, is, it is totally that, or you can suffer for the cause of Christ. Go to Matthew chapter 24. It's one, one just one. I think we're in it already, right? Okay, go to verse nine. Now, listen to this. This is verse 9 through 13. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. This is Jesus talking to everyone that's there. Let me say it another way, guys. He's saying it now. This is the Lord speaking to everyone throughout all time, anyone who truly belongs to him. Now, some of us may not actually physically die the way they did, but if there are brothers and sisters in the lineage of Christ, if one died from martyr, martyrism, we all die. That's our family. That's the family of God. And he says this, then you will be arrested. How would you like to be told that, Paul? You're going to suffer for me. When you think that, you think, okay, I'll go without food. Cool. I'll get some chapped lips from being in the sun. Cool. No, you're going to be killed. Now, now, just, just listen to this because, because this isn't even really where, I, where God wants us to sit today. <laughs> she's going off. You know her name's Revelation, right? She's just giving it out today. That's her real name, Revelation. It's awesome. So, and then she's just quiet, just like that. Okay, Lord. <laughs> then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. Now, that's not what we're going to focus on, the fact that that actually happened. But there's a heart posture in this that we all need to inherit. And we need to pray for God to give it to us. Now, watch. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. The love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Matthew 5, go over to Matthew 5. Now we're talking about suffering for Christ's sake. Matthew 5, starting in verse 11. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you. And say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. You know, this is not just people picketing outside of your church saying, kill Jesus, abort Jesus. It's not just that. It's people who claim Jesus but live for themselves and tell you that you're self righteous when you're laying your life down for God. It's that too. That's called persecution. He said, God blesses you. How does he bless me? (laughs) Insert persecution, here comes a million (laughs) dollars. Like, no. What is the blessing? Yeah, we know this. We know this. We're going to go a little deeper. What is the blessing? He says he blesses you when you endure this way. Here's one blessing, that people see you glorify God in the midst of it that you are actually a partaker in that divine nature. Oh, I know that's over the head, right? Like some of us are like, man, I don't know if I how to value that. It's actually a blessing to be called into suffering. Go to Hebrews 11. We're, ju- we're jumping all over scriptures. Don't you wish you were taking notes by now? Are you guys tracking with me so far? Are you tracking what the Lord is saying? He's saying you're going to suffer, but he would rather you suffer for Christ's sake. Because you will suffer in the world. And I know this isn't a I know this isn't like a motivational message like, "Yay, let's all go suffer," right? It's not because that kind of motivation isn't real anyways. That kind of motivation isn't real that we would get hyped up to go do something. It wasn't motivating when God told Gideon I don't want the 32,000. I want 300. (laughs) That's not motivating. Okay, yeah, let's let's take 300. 32,000 sounds a lot better. (laughs) Sounds a lot better. But it doesn't sound better if God's not in it. Because then you're like the others on the other side of that who are going to meet their demise over the few. I I want God in it, so if I'm going to suffer, I'd rather suffer with him in it. Amen. Hebrews 11 uh, verse 24 says it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to what? Share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He saw that it was better to suffer than to be pleased. Go to Matthew chapter ten. Like brother, stop I'm getting paper cuts. <laughs> Matthew chapter ten, verse seventeen. But beware, say beware, beware. beware. This is this is this is, this is, this is a, a sobering moment. He's saying, realize something here. Beware, look, pay attention. For you will be handed over to the courts, and will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. See, we love the Jesus that everyone preaches about that comes and says, he died for your sins, just come to the Lord. Anybody want him, raise your hand and say a sinner's prayer and you'll be saved. But we don't want the Jesus that says, and then the world's going to hate you and persecute you and some of you may be dragged into the city streets and killed. We don't like that Jesus. We go, no, that's the Jesus of the Bible. No, that's the Jesus of today. As a matter of fact, just go on YouTube and just YouTube uh, people getting their heads chopped off in the last three years. Yeah, that's a real thing. They're really being persecuted for Jesus. While we sit here in in an air-conditioned building, the privilege of this? No, they're the ones that are privileged. They're the ones that are privileged. The ones that are called to suffer? Oh, God. Yes, and this sounds like madness to people. No, but you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer without God. And that suffering goes to hell. I know. I know. I have to be the messenger. I might be the lonely prophet after this one. I'm telling you. Like, this guy talks about hell. So did Jesus. But you seem to follow him. No, I don't follow the hell Jesus. I follow the heaven Jesus. You need to follow the whole Jesus. Jesus. You want the whole Jesus. There's no half Jesus. A half Jesus isn't living. (laughs) I mean it. That's not truth. Lots of people have half truth. Listen, listen. They're going to be handed over. Now, this is happening in the book of Matthew. Paul has not been converted yet. Paul has not been converted yet. Yet Jesus is saying to the disciples, you will be handed over. Was he talking only to the people he was talking to? If that was the case, then why does Paul get flogged? Because he was talking to Paul, even though he was talking to them, and he's talking to us. Just go to Acts 5. Man, I feel the presence of God. This is so powerful, man. This is the real stuff, man. Hey, if you want Disney Christianity, man, this is not it. This is unrated Christianity. It ain't even rated R. It's more than that. It's the real thing. Acts 5, verse 38. Watch this. Sorry. It's not Acts 5. Oh, yes, it is. Acts 5. Why do I do that all the time? You know why? I get worked up. You guys are working me up. It's all your fault. Verse 38. Watch this. So, my advice is. Leave these men alone. Let them go. If they are planning and doing these things merely on their own, and he's talking about Paul and, 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 and um, uh, who else is here? Hold on. He's talking about. Um, anyway, he's talk, I believe he's talking, he's talking about Paul and somebody else. I just can't find it. But he's talking about Paul, and he says, if what they're doing is merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown. But if it is from God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even find yourself fighting against God. The others accepted his advice, verse 40. They called in the apostles and had them flogged. Now, let me just explain to you what a flogging is. It's a whip with bone and metal shavings on the ends of the tips, like the cat of nine tails, right? Or rods, and they beat them up to a maximum of 40 lashes. And Paul got 40 lashes three different times in his walk with God, where his flesh was torn open. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say, just watch how pop, So you got the imagery in your mind. You see Passion of Christ, right? You see that scene where they're just ripping his skin off, that's a flogging. Now just watch this. They were flogged. Then they were ordered, then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus and they let them go. So they get flogged, they tell them, "Don't you speak in the name of Jesus," and they let them go. Verse 41, and the apostles left the high council rejoicing. The apostles left the high council rejoicing. No, 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 no. They didn't get two weeks to rest and heal up. They were they were bloody, beaten, probably hard to breathe. You know, have you ever been punched in the stomach? You ever rejoiced while in pain? No, no, but look at why they rejoice. Possibly, right? I, I believe that. But they're, they're, they're rejoicing. Now, just picture this. Listen to why they're rejoicing. Oh, man, if this is not Christ in the present. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy. To suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. What is that? What, we cry over spilled milk. Oh my God, I spent $2 on this gallon of milk and it's rotten. Oh my God, my brother said something, my sister said something to me and it hurt my feelings. No, self-pity is not from God. Rejoice if you're being persecuted for Christ, even if it comes from me. If I come and persecute you, rejoice that God saw you worthy for the name of the Lord. Come on, brothers and sisters, what are we doing? We need to wake up. Oh, we need to wake up because one day we're going to have to. One day they will knock down your door. One day they will chase you down. One day you will be arrested. One day it's going to happen. If it doesn't happen to you, it'll happen to your kids. And shame on you for wishing it would surpass you and go to your kids. If it's going to happen, Lord, let it happen to me. I want to rejoice. I want to know what that's like. You know, Paul actually said that I would know him in his suffering. What is this? Go to Philippians 1, and I'm going to close. Man, it's only 11 o'clock. My God, I'm not even preaching long today. I know. See, the reason why people don't, don't preach on this is because they don't, they don't have this. How can you preach on what you don't have? Oh, man, the flesh is wicked. So you saying you're better, brother? Get out of here, Satan. Get out of here, Satan. You're a liar. You never told the truth about God's people. You've always lied on God and his people. For Philippians chapter 1, verse 29 and 30. Look at this. For you have been given not only the privilege. Oh, God. Man, Lord. Oh, man. I, you know what? I got to slow down because I'm getting flooded with stuff right now. Listen, you can't be brave in and of yourself. We're weak and cowardice. Nobody's strong in here. Nobody. 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 I'm about to get in trouble. I'm about, it is not strong to strap a bomb to your chest and kill yourself that way in the name of the Lord. That's weak. That's cowardice. Only God is strong. We would all do that. But only God can cause people to endure suffering with lifeblood still in their body and rejoice that they got another day to say, look at God. Look at God because I'm still walking and proclaiming Jesus. If you keep reading in Acts 5 and they said, don't you go out. If, you know. God is he moving so strong right now, man. Look at this. Look what happened. Look what they did. Look what they did. Where is it at? The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to (laughs) house, this is so awesome. And from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message, Jesus is the Messiah. Could you imagine getting a door knock and it's Paul bloodied? Like, no, 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 I don't want to get washed right now. I got to tell you about the Lord. No, no, brother, let us clean you up. Stop. Don't touch me. I'm rejoicing. No, you're injured. You're bleeding for the Lord. Can you believe it? Can you believe it that God saw it fit for me to be abused? Can you believe it? We would be like, no, that's not God. God don't want you to go through that. If no one ever comes back after this message, if this is my final message, glory to God. I'm serious. I'm not just, if this is my final message, glory to God. If I don't make it home, glory to God. You have been, the kingdom has come. The kingdom has come. He says, Philippians 1 verse 29 For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for Him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. (sighs) Do we read this like a novel? Do we read this like a novel, like fiction? Or is it real? Is it living? You know, I love my wife. You guys know this. I, I, I speak highly of my wife because I love her, but she's just flesh. So I'm not speaking down when I say that. I'm just saying she's not God. I'm not God. We're not God. There's times she's came home and her back is hurting from doing lashes. I told you, you can suffer for the cause of sin or you can suffer for the cause of Christ. The whole time God is teaching her how to suffer. Because if she can suffer over lashes to make a dollar, how much more, when God moves on her, is she going to endure for Christ? She'll remember those times and say, What I'm suffering for now, that fails in comparison. So you went to work for 60 years of your life and you had to work 12 hour shifts. That's not suffering. Not for Christ. But what if that's what you did? You lived your whole life working 12-hour days to give to a church that was advancing the forward mission of Christ. Would you rejoice then? What if you were never a preacher or a teacher? You just provided. Would you say glory to God? Because you would have to because you're suffering for the cause of Christ. Some of us suffer for the cause of ourselves. Can't wait for that Morro Bay trip, right? Can't wait to go on vacation. I'll suffer a little while at work so I can call in sick, lie about it, and go and have vacation. Christ, I feel in my heart right now there's an awakening. I feel there's an awakening happening right now. Like even as I'm speaking, there is an awakening. It's like, am I really living for God? Somebody's asking that question right now. Strong. Am I really living for God? Like, do I really see that my present sufferings are only for a little while, but the whole reason why God is having me go through this is so I can learn what it means to suffer, that I might glorify him and not complain? I know some people might ask this question. Tony, what have you been through that gives you the right To preach what you're preaching. Let me tell you very clear. My brother Paul went through it. That gives me the right. Because if he was standing here today, he would want me to defend the truth. That gives me the right. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. That gives me the right. I know that what I'm saying lasts. That gives me the right. I am not doing this on my own. I am driven by something greater than myself to preach this message because this message has to go out. People have to know how real this is, what they're holding inside of them. They are holding a message that is stained with blood, stained with suffering. It would be a shame for me to preach health, wealth, and fitness. If I had Paul himself manifested here in the flesh, he would say, no, don't give them that. Give them Christ. Tell them they're going to hate you for it, Tony. Tell them. They're going to look at you and be disturbed. Tell them. Do not give them sugar. Give them salt. Give them something that they taste and will never forget. That nothing else tastes like. Christ. Now, let me ask this question. We got a little bit of time. Let me ask this question. Can anybody say from what just happened today that this is a lie? When we leave here today, you don't need to leave hyped up. Man, I go to the best church in Fresno. Is not what you need. God forbid. I got the best people around. You don't need to gloat that. Just enjoy it. Amen. There's no need to tote that. Just enjoy it. Just stop the, stop the live feed because there's no need for them to see this part. We don't, need to, we don't need to show people who we are. God knows who we are. Amen. We live for the glory of God. Right now, there are some of us